Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Acts chapter 4, we've been speaking on contagious. And I've just been looking so forward to this message. When we even put together the series, this message is one of those messages that I've been looking forward to, to being able to share with you this morning. Acts chapter 4, verse 15. Last week I told you that... uh, how they took advantage of opportunities, how they found this lame man that was sitting at the gate beautiful and raised him up. Now we see the aftermath of this miracle. I want you to know that miracles can cause trouble. Say it again, Pastor. Miracles can cause some issues. Not everyone wants to see a miracle happen. Not everyone wants to see the lame walk. Not everyone wants to see the addicted set free. Not everyone wants to see a family that's about to fall apart come back together again. Because the moment something miraculous happens to you, I have no excuse for staying in my condition. Say it again, Pastor. So I want you to see that when the miracle happens, the religious leaders of that time are upset because Peter and John have now stood up and said the reason this man was healed was because, God bless you, because of the man you guys killed and crucified, he rose again. And it's through his name and his name alone can you be saved. And it was his name that raised this lame man from his condition. This is where we picked it up. Verse 15. And they sent them out of the room so they could work out a plan. And they talked it over. What can we do with these men? By now it's known all over town that a miracle has occurred. Let me tell you something. When God does something in your life, it's going to spread like wildfire. And people are going to begin to talk about the breakthrough that happened in you. And they can't deny it. It says, they, they said this, and they were behind it. And there is no way we can refute it. No one could refute what God's doing in your life. And they said this, but so that it doesn't go any further, let's silence them with threats so they won't dare to use Jesus' name anywhere with anyone. Verse 18, still with me? They called them back and warned them that they were not, they were on no account to ever speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John spoke right back. These are the ones that were just hiding out in fear just a couple weeks earlier, scared to death that they were going to be put to death. Now they're standing in front of the people that just put Jesus to death. And look, look, look at their boldness. Whether it's right in God's eyes to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. You guys are used to making decisions. But I want you to evaluate. You want us to listen to you or or to God? You're our religious leaders. So are you placing your thoughts over God's now? You guys decide. As for us, there is no question. We can't keep quiet about what we've seen and what we've heard. Come on, somebody say amen. Pray with me now. Father, help. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to know that a a contagious church is a courageous church. 
But when we talk about a church, I need you to understand that the church is not this. It's not this. This isn't the church. This is a building. The church is not a building. The church is people. See, we're, we're at CWC, we're committed to building, not buildings, but people. We're committed to building the temple of God. Now, I want you to understand that 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 puts it this way. Do you not realize that you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? So the church isn't a building. The church is you. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That, that means to tell me this, that if you are the church, there is nothing, no one, nowhere that has the ability to defeat you. That if the Spirit of God lives in you, there is no well hell can come against you. Oh, somebody got to grab a hold of that right now because you think, based on the scoreboard of life, that hell is winning. But God said, if my breath is in you, you are my temple, and the gates of hell will not prevail against my temple, my church. So there's nothing that can come against you this morning. You see, I want you to understand God had no problem with the the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem because God doesn't dwell in a building. He says, I don't dwell in temples made made by hands. So when they destroyed the temple, God said, I appreciate you, Solomon, building me this great temple. But if you guys don't follow me, I'll destroy that thing. I don't care how beautiful it looks. I'm not here about buildings. You can't contain me to a place. You can't contain me to brick and mortar. I'm greater than what you can build and try to contain me to. And yet we have built temples in our own minds and we've tried to keep God connected to those thoughts or to those parameters. God is bigger than your imagination. Somebody say amen. Amen. So from the beginning, God's design was to dwell in mankind, not just with mankind. God wants to be in you, not just on you. So when we talk about contagious, I I told you a couple weeks ago that it was evident that they had been with Jesus, that they were united, that they were obedient to the word of God, that they were unashamed. You imagine if we became people like this? So when we talk about the contagious church, If you have these principles operating in your life where we see that you, it's evident that you've been with Jesus, where it's evident that you are united, where it's evident that you are obedient to the word of God, that you are unashamed, that you take advantage of opportunities, then you will become that contagious church. When we talk about a contagious church, we're not talking about a building. talking about people. You ever find those people you just want to hang out with? They're just fun. They, they, they're, they're just magnetic. They, they just, there's something about them. It's that couple you want to hang out with. It's that person you want to be around. Why? Because they're always adding value to you. They're always put, lifting you up. They're always making you laugh. There's something about them that they're, they're, they're just always energetic. You want to be around those that add energy to you, not suck it from you. That's who the early church was. They, and today, I want, to see, want you to see they stood strong. Everyone say, stand strong. You see, they healed a man that had been lame for 40 years. 
And now it's causing a commotion in the church. Let, let me tell you something. When you change a fixture that's been there for a long time, you're used to that person being lame. You're used to that person being broke down. You're used to that person being needy. You're used to being over that person. Used to being better than that person. And then all of a sudden, they have a God encounter where now they walk better than you. You've been walking for years. They've only been walking for a moment, and they walk better than you already. Some of us have been in church for a minute, but you forgot how to walk. Your, your walk with God has gotten messed up. And now this person that just got saved, got delivered from drugs, or just got out of incarceration is walking better than you are. And instead of applauding them, what are they doing here? Let them sit in your seat that you're used to sitting in. That really cause all hell to break loose. Look at verse, what goes on. And when Peter and John were addressing the people, the priest and the, the chief temple police, it goes on, it says, and some of the Sadducees, Sadducees came up and were indignant with these upstart apostles because they were instructing people and proclaiming them that the resurrection from the dead had taken place with Jesus. See, the Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection. The Pharisees did, but the Sadducees, these were two different groups of religious people that came together to come, come into agreement. They were the only thing that they agreed upon was the death of Jesus. Let's kill him. But it was like the Republicans and the Democrats coming together in one group. The only thing they, they agreed upon was kill Jesus. But they, did, they had totally different beliefs outside of that. And they came together to create the legal counsel for the Jewish nation. Now, the Sadducees are, see John and Peter standing in the middle of the temple, and they're teaching everyone, how did this man walk? Well, by the name of Jesus, we, we, we spoke the name of Jesus to him, which, by the way, the man that the Sadducees and the Pharisees crucified and killed, the son of life. They killed him, but they weren't able to hold him down. He rose again on the third day. Now, as they're saying that, the people are getting excited and people are coming to believe in Jesus. And the Sadducees are upset. You're putting that man's blood on us. They killed him. They knew it. But they didn't want other people to know they had done it. See, you're okay with your sin as long as nobody else finds out about it. Find out someone else is doing the same thing you are and all of a sudden we have judgment. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's just go on, okay? <laughs> and they were instructing, and they were inst the, the upstart apostles were instructing people and proclaiming that resurrection from the dead had taken place in Jesus. They arrested them. Check this out. They arrested them, threw them in jail until morning, for by now it was late in the evening. The Sanhedrin didn't meet at night, so they arrested them late. They threw them in jail. They had to stay there overnight. But many of those who listened had already believed the message in round numbers about 5,000. You, 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 got, you got to grab this real quick, okay? 
one lame man at the gate beautiful gets healed, jumps up, runs into the temple, and it causes 5,000 people to hear about that miracle, and it transforms their life. I want you to know that when your life gets radically touched by God, you have the ability not only to transform your life, but affect other people around you that are like, wait a minute, that was a guy that couldn't walk. That was a guy that that beat his wife. That was a guy that was incarcerated. That's a woman that was an alcoholic. Now look at them. I can't believe what God has done with that. Isn't that the person that was dying of cancer? Isn't that the individual that was homeless? And they look and all of a sudden, no one could deny that a miracle had taken place when God moves in your life see you're praying for a miracle instead of praying for a miracle be the miracle be the miracle that people see see I I love the disciples that because of this lame man 5,000 people are changed had Jesus raised him up remember he had been there 40 years Jesus and the disciples walked by this guy daily timing Perfect timing. I love what the disciples say. They they get thrown in jail and they're like, we ain't going to be threatened. You ain't going to intimidate us. We can't be bought. We can't be silent. We're not going to be deterred. And you're not going to put us down because we are convinced what we saw and what we heard. See, this is the thing. A lot of people come to church, but not many people have had an encounter with God. You've encountered religion, the do's and don'ts, but not many have had an encounter with God. I know when someone has an encounter with God because they'll never leave. Because they've had an encounter. They were lame and now they're walking. They've seen the dead rise. They've seen the blinded eyes see. They've seen the deaf ears hear. They've seen the possessed set free. When you have seen and you have experienced it firsthand, you know that God is real. It's not about just singing a song or coming to church. It's bigger than that. I'm not committed to Christian Worship Center. I'm committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've watched it. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've experienced it with my own hands you can't tell me it's not real I've experienced it they arrested them and threw them in jail for by now it was late in the evening what something so transformational took place in their lives something so transformational that these very young these very men that just a couple weeks earlier were hiding behind closed door in fear that they were going to be killed are now standing in front of the very group that committed Jesus to death and they're standing there saying what shut up no that ain't going to happen y'all want us to shut up you determine what you want to do but we're we're going to obey God your move. Now, now, the word of God tells us to obey authorities until it conflicts with the word of God. Until, but you do so honorably. They stood there. You guys consider it. Peter wasn't like this. He didn't do that to, to the to the. The officials would forget you, man. He says, you guys determine whether we should listen to you or God. 
But we already know our answer. We're committed because of what we've seen. In other words, I can't keep quiet. I, I, I got a question. Why are you so quiet? Has God had done anything in your life? If he's done anything in your life, how do you stay so quiet about a God that raised you up when you couldn't walk? How, how do you stay quiet about a God that brought you out of depression? How do you stay quiet about a God that brought you out of addiction, out of incarceration, out of bondage? How do you stay quiet about a God like that? How do you stay seated about a God like that? How do you do that? See, what they said, we can't keep quiet. They were passionate. We are more passionate about our business, our diet. We're all over. Hey, you got to check out this diet. Keto, it's this. It'll do that. Look how much weight I've lost. Check out this workout. Check out my guns. We're all over on, on, on media about this and that, about budgeting and, and about sports teams. And even when your team is 0-8, you're still wearing your jerseys all over the place. We are proud about things we should be embarrassed of. We're, we're, we're passionate about causes, about political parties. We're passionate about stores. Well, I found the sale. You got to go to the store. They got everything on sale. Payless is going out. Payless shoes. You got to go out there. You can get. And we're all over social media about a shoe store closing out. And we want our friends to go there while our friends are going to hell and we're being silent about Jesus. I'm sorry if I'm getting a little excited. But we're more committed and excited about a restaurant than we are about the creator of the world. What about God? What about God? I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. I feel like faith should be something that is personal. So I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable by sharing my faith with them. so embarrassed about sharing our ideologies, yet no one else's. The enemy, see, listen, listen, the enemy doesn't mind you being converted. Doesn't mind you getting your ticket to heaven. Just as long as you keep it to yourself. Just don't share it with anyone else. Just don't get activated don't get to the point where the spirit of God dwells in you and you're like Jeremiah the prophet that says God I'm done with this I'm not speaking your name anymore because the word you gave me is too hard to preach and then he says this but it's like a fire that shut up in my bones I can't help but speak the word of God see we got just enough of God to make us feel less guilty about how we're living but not enough of God to change our lives You know what the disciples said? They said, mm -mm. we're all in. We, we're, we're, we're all in. I'm, I'm, I'm everything. You're, you're, trying to, you're trying to temper how far you're going in your walk with God. See, life is not worth living until you find something worth dying for. Life is not worth living until you find something worth dying for. And when we take a look at the disciples, you see these men that were so scared to death. Now, all of a sudden, at the conclusion of their life, 
Peter is crucified on an upside down cross because he says this, I'm not worthy to die the same kind of death as my Savior, so crucify me upside down. But I will not turn away from what I believe. Bartholomew was literally peeled alive. They literally took the skin off of his body. Andrew also was crucified. Thomas was pierced by spears. Likewise, Matthew was pierced and then beheaded. You got Philip who was hung upside down by iron hooks. You had James who was beheaded. Jude who was crucified. Matthias who was stoned and then beheaded. James the Lesser who was thrown off the temple roof. And then you had Simon who was crucified. All these men died these horrible deaths. Why? Because of the fact they had seen it. They had handled it. They had experienced it. And they knew any suffering right now is great. is nothing compared to the glory that awaits me on the other side. They were convinced. Everyone say convinced. So listen to me very closely as I close. Worship team. I'm not asking you to die for Jesus. I'm asking you to live for him. We got to make a determination. Are we followers of Christ or not? Not a follower of a religion. Are we followers of Christ? I want every one of you today to make a decision to be a disciple of God. Amen. Take a look at this. I am a part of a fellowship, unashamed. The die has been cast. I've stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I will not look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed, my present makes sense, my future is secure. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, praised, recognized, or rewarded, because now I live by faith. I love by patience, I live by prayer, and I labor by power. My pace is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is never. My road is rough. My companions few, my God is reliable, my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, turned back, or delayed. I will Come not flinch now. in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity. I will not negotiate at the table with the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, nor bend in the maze of mediocrity. I will not give up, back up, let up, or shut up, until I am prayed up, preached up, stored up, and stayed up the course of Jesus Christ. I must go until he returns, give until I drop, preach until all know, work until he comes. And when he comes to get his own, he will have no trouble recognizing me. My colors are flying high and they're clear for all to see. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. 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 Stand to your feet this morning. Even as I stand here, I look at empty seats. And every morning I preach with everything in me as if every seat was filled. 
I've never held back when I preach, whether there's a thousand people here or ten. Because as I preach, I see the single mother sitting in that chair someday. I see the homeless man sitting in this chair. I see the businessman and I see the entrepreneur sitting in those chairs. I speak by faith to families that aren't even here yet. Because I'm convinced about what I've seen and what I've heard and what I've experienced. I am a disciple of Christ. What are you? Who are you? See, being committed to a church is one thing. Being committed to the creator of the world is a whole nother. It's always good to belong to a club. But we belong to a family. We belong to a family created by God. In the New Testament, when Jesus introduces God to us, the disciples say, teach us to pray. He doesn't introduce God as Elohim, creator, Adonai, Lord, El Elyon, mighty God, El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Jehovah Nisi, my banner, Jehovah Rapha, my healer, Jehovah Zikkanu, my righteousness, Jehovah Kadesh, my sanctification, Jehovah Shammah, the ever-present God. He doesn't introduce him as those things. He introduces him as our Father. You address God, you address him as Father. The Greek word is pater, which is where we get originator. Everything comes from him, the source. God didn't want to start a religion. By his introduction to us as father, he shows that he wanted a family from the very beginning. You're part of this family. But like any good family, we want that family to grow. Don't ever take sides against the family. Some of you get that later on. In the words of the Godfather, or God the Father, don't ever take sides against the family. Let's stop being embarrassed of what we should be most proud of. Stand strong. Stand strong. People aren't walking away from the church because the church doesn't have what it needs. They're walking away because they don't know what we stand for. This church, this family, we will stand. We will stand strong about who God is. We will not be embarrassed of who God is. Because my father, my my, my Jesus wasn't embarrassed when he stretched himself out on a cross in order to redeem you and me. Heads bowed and eyes closed and for a moment. You're here right now and maybe you've been struggling with your faith. 
maybe a little embarrassed of your faith. You've been more proud of your sports team than you have of your God. More proud of your business or more proud of your workout, more proud of the stores or restaurants you've been to than you have about who your God is. What made these disciples so different is that they had an encounter with God and the Holy Spirit was no longer on them, but in them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Right where you are, I'm praying God just to fill you right now. Come on, lift your hands all over this place. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.